We have a very special guest alert again on today's episode. Today, we are bringing on NFL draft expert Damian Parson, who's the host of the Locked On NFL Draft Show and works for the Draft Network, talking about the ideal selection for the Chargers at pick 21 and also helping us fill the Chargers' needs at speed receiver, edge rusher, and tight end. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. What is up and welcome into the Lockdown Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by guest booker extraordinaire and my co-host, David Drogmeyer, and we've been covering the Chargers now for seven seasons, but this is our fifth season as a host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. Thank you guys so much for checking out today's show and making us your first listen. As always, make sure you never miss the show. Go subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and listen wherever you get your podcast from. Another big-time guest, Damian Parson, one of the best in the business, coming on to break down the 2023 NFL Draft. But today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Right now, guys, the tournament is heating up, and FanDuel is the best place to get your action in. Make every moment more, and don't miss your chance for that no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash on. All right, David. Well, Damian Parson goes with an unconventional pick at 21, a guy that neither of us has talked about yet, so you're definitely going to want to hear that. But we also get into how much speed at wide receiver is in this draft class. I definitely felt better after hearing him talk about, you know, all the different options the Chargers could go with if they don't go with that in round one. He also loves a lot of edge rushers, like some of the interior offensive line the Chargers could definitely use there, and some tight ends if they don't go that way. A lot of really, really good tight ends in this class, and as well as the biggest sleepers, the hidden gems, a couple of guys that Chargers fans should definitely be keeping an eye on. But here he is, NFL expert, Damian Parson. Well, aren't you guys lucky back-to-back days with very, very special guests? Yesterday, it's Sean Merriman. Today, we have an NFL draft expert, Damian Parson, on the show today. He is the host of the Lockdown NFL Draft Podcast, obviously the best draft show out there. But he's also a national scout for the Draft Network. You can find him on Twitter at capital DP underscore NFL. DP, what's up, man? Thanks for coming on the show. Nah, what's going on, fellas? I appreciate you guys making time for me, man. Oh, no, nah, I mean, this is you're the busy man right now, man. This Thank is a, you. your Super Bowl coming up in a you know a month now. It's coming up pretty quick, man. But let's start. Obviously, we're talking Chargers today, and it has to start with the 21st overall pick. I know you've done a bunch of mock drafts, so yeah, I know who you've slotted in for the Chargers. You recently just had another one, did a one for locked on NFL draft where you went through a full first round mock draft. But the Chargers don't have many starting positions open, right? So it's a little bit different for them than most teams. Like last year, it was a glaring need at right guard. They go and get Zion Johnson, right? This year, not as many clear open starting spots. So when you're going through your mock drafts, who is the player that you've gone through so far who you think is the best fit for the Chargers at 21? I mean, the name that I continue to fall, that continues to fall right to the Chargers is tight end out of Oregon State, Luke Musgrave. And again, I'm all about getting understanding what you have at the quarterback position, right? Like you have one of the, like everybody says, like if you wanted to create a quarterback in the lab, it would look like Justin Herbert. So it's like the arm talent and his, the propensity and his innate ability to push the ball downfield at all three levels and really attack vertically. You get a six foot five, six foot six, 255, 250 to 55 pound tight end that you can have him in line and block, but detach as an X, a Z, or as an F tight end in the slot and really threaten the deep portions of the field in the middle regions where 
Justin Herbert can absolutely attack and layer those passes right over the top of those linebackers. It just adds more potency and more explosiveness to this offense, especially seeing how like dealing with Keenan Allen, he's, you know, had injuries in throughout his career. Mike Williams, the same like where you get to the playoffs and if one of those guys are missing and you don't have enough weapons, it can really, you know, hurt you uh, in, in the postseason. So I think Luke and neither of those guys are fast act. either. You know what that I mean? There, there's a definite <laughs> lack of speed between those guys, too. I think it's, he's the fastest, fastest tight end in the draft. Luke Musgrave or up uh, there. He's he's up there. He's like I know he's like the fastest four, player at the yeah. senior bowl, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like he, he, he can roll. He can roll once like a big gazelle, man. When he gets that, <laughs> that stride open, he can he can move. Well, and hey, new Chargers offensive coordinator, Kellen Moore, loves the tight ends, uses it very prominently in his offensive scheme. So yep. the Chargers grabbing a tight end early on in the draft is definitely something that I, I can see. But another polarizing figure here, many Charger fans have wanted the team to take Bijan Robinson if he's available at pick 21. Do you think that Robinson is special enough to be worthy of a first round pick? Yeah, no, he, he's... He's a blue chip. There's only three blue chip players, and he's one of them in this class, Ooh. in my opinion. Who are the other two? Uh, Jalen Carter and Will Anderson Jr., of course. Uh, the two defense, the two defensive linemen, two studs. And, and, and Bijan, man, the patience, the, the vision, the body control, the way he can contort the, the term get skinny through smaller running lanes. He does that so well. But the innate feel of space is so rare for him. And yes, like it with the Austin Eckler news popped up, me and Keith. I think we actually talked about it on one episode. I was like, man, should they go after a Bijan with, with that, you know, pick in the 20s? And I was like, if he's there, I don't hate it. You know what I mean? I don't hate it at all because if you're willing to run the ball and Kellen Moore has had Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, so he, he will run the football and help that play-action game. I think, like I said, just getting more weapons for, for Justin. And I don't have a problem with this at all. Because Bijan Robinson is also a dual threat running back where you can keep him on the field all three downs because he is a talented receiver as well. Yeah, I mean, you have Texas out there just having him line up in the slot and run posts over the middle of the field, right? Not not your average running back, especially Insane. from a pass-catching standpoint. And just, you know, adding explosiveness to the Chargers offense, right? I mean, you can talk about speed receivers, and we will. You can talk about a lot of things. But just adding more explosiveness, giving Kellen Moore some new weapons, I think is a lot of things to work with. But, yeah, man, one of the three blue-chip prospects in this draft class, that's a heck of a, you know, endorsement, endorsement for him. And also, hey, shout-out Keith Sanchez, the other half of the best draft show out there. But – the Chargers have a couple of great edge rushers with Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack. Nobody's questioning the greatness of those two players, but injury history, right? Even though there's not a lot of starting positions, it feels like whoever they take in the edge at edge this draft might end up playing eight or you know, nine games as a starter next season. So it is a bigger need than maybe it seems from the outside looking in, but it might not be something that they take in the first round. So who are the edge rushers in this draft class that Los Angeles could potentially have a chance to draft? Oh man, especially like on day two, you think about yeah. you know, so this is a really deep edge group. BJ Ojulari, um, the Love younger him. brother of Aziz, uh, who plays for the Giants, you know, plays at LSU. Uh, just a fastball type of pitch coming off the edge. Can you can bend around the edge? Very flexible and explosive off the edge as, as an edge rusher. You know. Not the best run defender to play on all three downs, but some he has some framework there where you can work with him. Yeah. Uh, I think Isaiah Foskey out of Notre Dame, powerful, long, loves a long arm. Uh, got it was very versatile at Notre Dame. They used him kind of as a hybrid guy where plays stack backer, drop off in coverage. He'll you know line up on the edge, even reduce a little bit inside. Some I've seen him in some four tech uh, as well. 
one guy I love, but I don't think he's going to be there is Nolan Smith. Uh, you know what <laughs> I mean? Uh, before the combine, he probably is going to be there. Us now, too. Highly <laughs> Four, three, nine. <laughs> don't see it happening. But, um, you know, it's, it's a couple guys. I think, you know, this kid has a lot of hype, but I could definitely see him falling down the board into the second round. And that's Lucas Van Ness out of Iowa, a guy who's very, right now, he is a, uh, a one-trick pony in terms of his pass rush repertoire especially playing off the edge because he was more so reduced inside uh, early on in his career, but powerful. Uh, you turn on the tape for him versus Skaronsky at, no- at Northwestern, uh, him versus Paris Johnson. You see him just able to uproot guys with his power, that bull rush. Like I said, he just has to start throwing more moves into his repertoire. But, of course, pa- pairing him with the two studs that you already have, that's not a problem because you could actually reduce him inside. And then Keon White from, um, from Georgia Tech, former tight end at Old Dominion, um, you know, once he made the transition to play the uh, outside linebacker defensive end, he got hurt. So he's only had a cup, maybe two or three years total of playing at the college level, playing full time defense. So this is a young man that's a ball of clay, big, strong, super athletic, and he's extremely coachable. I watched him down at the senior bowl, having field access and being out there and just watching him work with the coaches, and the defensive line coaches through drills, where even if he thought he was right and they told him he was wrong, he's like, well, coach, well, tell me what I did wrong. I thought I did it correctly. They would show him then the very next rep he operated and, and completed the task. So this is a young man I think is a ball of clay for a defensive coordinator to have some fun with. Yeah, you got to love that. I mean, and you, you got you to gotta look for traits that are, are going to translate to the next level. Well, and you'd have time to develop, right? He's behind yeah, two yeah. really, really good players. And then maybe not if you need him right away. Maybe that's not the thing. But, hey, if you have a yeah. chance to develop him over a year behind these two all, you know, all pro players, that might be nice. Yeah, definitely. 100%. We're going to get back to Damian Parson and have him tell us a little bit about more of the tight ends in this draft class. We'll also get into some interior offensive line help, a couple of nasty maulers that you're definitely going to want to hear about. And, of course, the hidden gems and sleepers coming up. But I do need to tell you guys that the tournament is heating up right now, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. It's a great time to get in on it, guys. A lot of great games coming up this weekend that I'm excited about. That's up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your bet doesn't win. That means if you lose, you can still win at FanDuel. How many places are doing that? Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today. To get that no sweat first bet, and you can wager on everything from money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net. Great time in sports, big time game, baseball coming up this weekend as well. Padres opening things up, excited about that. On an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss out on your shot on that no sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. We spoke earlier about, you know, a pair of Chargers, great wide receivers, Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. But we also know that this group lacks a lot of speed and explosiveness. If the Chargers don't go receiver early in round one, who are some of the guys you like most on days two and three of the draft? Uh, Marvin Mims, wide receiver out of Oklahoma. Love him. You know, just a guy that it's like the out of sight, out of mind thing where look, Lincoln Riley left, Caleb yeah. Williams left. I feel like no one watched Oklahoma this year. Like no one wanted <laughs> to watch that team play football. But he's a good player, man. And he talked about it at the combine uh, when terms of his route running because that's what people knock him for. He's like, I wasn't asked to run a technical route tree. He said, but I worked with my personal trainer, my wide receiver coach, to yeah. run a technical route tree. So it's yeah. not that he can't do it. It was he wasn't asked to. But sub four four in the forty, explosive guy. He can he and, and for a sub six foot receiver. 
He plays the ball at the catch point. He high points yeah, well. Totally. Back shoulder fades. I love his game. You know, of course, if he's there in the second round, you know, the guy that everybody loves as a speedster, Jalen Hyatt out of Tennessee. Um, you know, a guy that just wins in the vertical plane. Yeah. You put him in the slot. You get him isolated. You know, now if you start asking him to do a lot of misdirection and change of direction routes, that's probably not the best thing for him. That's sure. not what he was asked to do for Tennessee. But in terms of being that true deep threat for the offense, he can step into that role. Also, of course, you know, one of my guys, you know, Trey Tucker and his teammate Tyler Scott, the guys out of Cincinnati, both of these guys are fast have track backgrounds who can really stretch the field vertically and create horizontal explosive plays. When you think about deep overs and crossers and different things like different uh, plays of that nature. Jonathan Mingo is a sleeper. Six, six, what? Six, two, two, twenty, four, four, five in the 40 explosive vertical athlete. Wow. He plays in that Lane Kiffin offense, which isn't, the most pro ready in terms of sure. getting guys correct. But a lot of the things I've heard in terms of, and I've, I've even come around on it as my, myself as well, in terms of where he could become or what he could become rather, is you look at it kind of similar to AJ Brown. So, you know I mean? Similar body types, hmm. similar play styles. I think he's just a more explosive player in terms of once he opens that range and gets really moving North and South. So those, it, there's definitely speed in this class guys that, that you could grab. And of course, Andre Yosivas out of out of Princeton, track guy, hit over I think twenty two miles per hour nice. on the GPS, and he's what six three, six four, over wow. two hundred pounds. Um, you know, which I I will be talking with him soon. So yeah, definitely there's speed here for the for the yeah. Chargers to have rounds two, honestly through five, in my opinion. Yeah, that's great. And especially because they might need to double dip, right? And they, they might need to bring two dudes in. And I think what you said is a good point because there's two different kinds of speed, right? Like you have a Zay Flowers who can stop on a dime and create for himself, right? And then you have a guy like Jalen Hyatt where, yeah, if you give him a runway, he could potentially take a slant to the house. But if you're cool. trying to just have him create and, you know, on his own, throw him screens and stuff like that, probably not his game for the most part. Chargers could use the yak, and they could also use the guy who can take the top off the defense. So, so there's room for both of those things on the Chargers defense. So you talked about Luke Musgraves, obviously, for the Chargers in round one at pick 21. I like that pick from a standpoint of adding explosive playmakers for the Chargers. But a lot of people are saying out here, DP, that this is a deep tight end class this year. A lot of good tight ends. I know we've watched a bunch. Darnell Washington's a ton of fun, too, right? Tucker Craft, some of those guys. Who are the guys that you like if the Chargers don't go there at 21? We've heard there's a lot of depth there. Who are some guys you would like if they targeted later on? Oh, man. One of my favorite guys in this class is Sam Laporta out of Iowa. Iowa continues to produce talented pass-catching tight ends, even though they can't even throw the football. It's incredible. <laughs> Terrible um, offense. I don't, I don't know how it works, but they, you know, Laporta, the comp I have from was Mark Andrews, who plays for the Baltimore Ooh, Ravens. I like Just, that a smooth mover, you're a guy that knows how to work leverage. If you want to get, you know, if you want to be physical and sticky as a defender and get into his frame, he's perfectly fine with that because he has the contact balance and play strength to play off of that. He knows where his spot is and he understands how to navigate, manipulate, and then get to his spot as well as just like watching him move. It's like watching a big receiver at times and the transition and fluidity in the lower half when he catches the ball downfield to go from uh, catch to turn and run is very, right. very efficient. And he's somebody I'm really high on that I'll actually take in the second round. Yak ability is nasty. Yes, yes, yes. He He's very creative. Uh, Luke, uh, Luke Schoolmaker, 6'5", 250, Michigan, Michigan kid, athletic guy that just was used a lot in 
as a blocker, leak out guy, different things of that nature. But with his athleticism, I think there's there's definitely room to grow for him with better usage, which we see it all the time. You know, with players is they're used one way, but then they get into the NFL and they use more so to that skill set, especially as a receiver. Josh Wiley from Cincinnati, a 6'6", big target. Um, not the best blocker, but he competes his butt off. He's got to get a little stronger at the point of attack and add some functional strength to him. But a guy that once he opens that stride, he can gallop. He can move down the field, especially attacking vertically, as well as Old Dominion Zach Kuntz, 6'7", 255, 4'55", in the 40. His wow. testing, his RAS score I saw someone tweeted it out the other day in comparison to Darren Waller. It's almost identical. That's Dang. how freak of an athlete this young man is. He's also another guy that has to continue to develop <laughs> as a as a run blocker and everything. But I think that, that he has some promise as a pass catching tight end. And the one guy that really like stood out for me, I remember his name was hot for a while, but he went down to uh, – I remember seeing, seeing him at the combine, and he tested very well. I think he might have been the fastest down there. That's Miami's Will Mallory, a mm. guy that also is fluid. He's 6'4", 240. He ran 4'5", 4 in the 40-yard dash, and he can move. And it's just like I talked about with Sam Laporta, the ability to transition from – because to be able – it's a tight end. To be able to get yards at the con- after the catch, you got to be able to turn and run quickly after yeah. securing the football, and Will Mallory can do that as well. That's awesome, man. So many great How many tight ends there. run sub 4-7 now? This is a, a new world we're living in, man. Bunch of it's big a, receivers, man. Dude, this is crazy. It's I mean, crazy hey, now. you kind of have to feel a little bit like uh, Chargers on Antonio Gates uh, influenced yeah. uh, some of these athletes. I don't think he was running a sub 4-7. No, but you know, just, just, just the way he plays the game, man, totally. uh, or he played the game. But, hey, moving to the Chargers offensive line here. After you know the Chargers re-signed Trey Pipkins, their starting offensive line is looking pretty solid. Um, but they really don't have any depth behind that starting five. Who are some of the interior linemen that you like in the middle rounds of the draft? Man, Kentucky's um, you know, Tayshaun Manning uh, played, started off at, at, at Auburn, a young kid that's battle-tested, you know, finished his senior year. He went through eight months of chemo to get rid oh, of uh, leukemia. And, you know, he went off to, 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 to the SEC, and he's a, he's, a, he's a guy that throws people out of the club. Physical, heavy-handed, powerful dude, plays with a, a gritty, nasty and, um, type of mindset. And he's got some versatility. They run some zone stuff, so he shows some, some solid lateral agility as well. But a guy that, you know, Kentucky's offensive line wasn't great this year, but he was one of the bright spots. And I talked to a scout, scouting buddy of mine. He was like, man, he's one of, he was the best offensive lineman they had uh, this past season. And, and, I, and I really liked his game coming out anyway. Of course, you know, Antonio Maffi. Over at, at UCLA, everybody that's, you know that follows me on Twitter, you will see the couple of tweets I put up last night. Man, physical, just a just mean, a mean cat, man. When the when the when the <laughs> lights start on, like you just see it, and it's that clip of you know him, you know, when you guys, you look for guys like that. That if you're gonna uncover me and I'm just sitting here by myself, I'm gonna look for work. I'm and he helps. Work. He's a bumper, and, and, and in terms of he helps his teammates on each side of him. If somebody's coming free, he's giving that elbow. He's throwing that shoulder in. He puts guys into the dirt, and he he plays as a former defensive lineman. He plays with that kind of defensive mentality that he wants to put you down and, and really give you as much 
grass to face ratio as possible. Um, <laughs> grass to defense face ratio. on offense there. Print that out on a shirt. Print that out on a shirt. Grass, grass to, to face, face ratio. ratio. Love and um, I love I really like uh Anthony Bradford as well from LSU. I think it's a guy you can get late day two in the third round to early fourth uh on day three. Uh big physical um, you know, definitely want to see him trim down and, and, and trim down his weight a little bit. But a physical guy, it, it, I, when guys trim down, as you saw, like I saw with Osiris Torrance from Florida, when they lose that weight but keep that power, their feet are able to move at a much quicker right, pace. Yeah. And, and so I want to see that with Bradford as well. So this, this interior offensive line group, I know the tackles get a lot of love. This sure. interior offensive line group is pretty good. Oh, that's very exciting because the Chargers need some depth there. Let's get you out on this, DP. I know you're always coming up with the hidden gems in the sleepers. Who are you looking at this year? Who are the guys that, like Jamari Sawyer, right? No mm-hmm. high brown him last year. He goes sixth round of the Chargers, which is Insane. bananas because, you know, we all thought it's second or third round pick probably. Who's right. the guy that's not getting a ton of hype right now that you really love or what guys? Oh, man, there's there's, there's a, definitely a couple dudes, um, especially like you think about corner, the corner position, uh, Alex Austin out of Oregon State. Um, I really like his game, you know, a six foot one corner, a uh, nice build, move, fluid mover for a taller, longer leg corner. And one of my favorite corners that no one talks about um, in this class is Carrington Valentine uh, from Kentucky. Uh, I heard, I believe he ran sub 4-4 at his, con- at his uh, pro day. This is a former receiver. He played wide receiver three of his four years in high school. He didn't play corner until his senior season. So he's only got like three years of cornerback play under his belt. But this is an aggressive and physical young man that like he doesn't look the part in terms of like he doesn't look like he's going to be super physical. Sure. This is a little slim. But man, he plays with it. Like he his punches, his jamming technique. I really like it. Uh, you think about pass rushers, Nick Hampton, a guy off the edge out of App State. Got some juice to him. Another guy from Louisville, Yaya Diaby, um, who I saw down at the uh, Senior Bowl. What a uh, name. Nice, strong hands. Uh, actually showed his compact build, and he showed more bend than I expected as well. Man, it's, it's Isaiah Land. You're talking about a guy that's hybrid? You know, you, we, I think the Micah Parson, Baron Browning kind of mold is going to yeah. start flowing into the NFL Oof. now where you have those linebackers who have the ability to rush off the edge. The so hybrid you play guys. Stacks, yeah. You play them stack on first and second down, and you walk them up on the edge on third down, let them be one of your fastball pitchers off the edge, man. So he's one of those guys can do it, you know, play the, at the HBCU level. But this kid's got some juice off the edge. And then one guy also, Nick Herbig, um, you know, the his brother Nate, her big was playing for the uh, playing guard for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. I think he just signed with the Steelers. But mm-hmm. a lot of people have kind of looked at him as like, man, could he be the next TJ Watt? He's a little undersized. Ooh. He plays around like 228. But man, you talk about pass rush moves, the repertoire, the pass rush, the pass rush plan. I love this kid's game. He may be more of a specialist in the NFL, but he plays so hard. He drops off in the coverage. He does a good job setting the edge in the run game. I've been watching him over the past year, and he will remain one of my favorite guys. And to me, I think he's a big-time sleeper in this in this class. Well, hopefully the Chargers can come away with one of those guys because, I mean, there's always guys to be had. You have the Tariq Woolens, right, the Jamari Sawyers. Those dudes are out there. You just have to be able to find them, and they can come make an impact oh, for your team. one you know? more, Ooh, especially for you guys, for the Chargers fans. Uh, Jaden Reed, wide receiver out of Michigan State. A yeah. lot of people have not talked enough about this young man. But, you know, four, four, five in the 40. But you turn on the tape, didn't have the best quarterback play, 
but he runs good routes. He understands how to get open, and he has the long speed to where he can really threaten you post-catch, right? But he has the speed to beat you pre-catch as well. Yeah, and that's a, what, day, uh, day two, three guy, round three, round four, somewhere I, I would, around that? I would take him. I would I would not have any problem taking him second, third round at all. Okay, yeah. So, like, he just, it's just he, did, he didn't have the year. 2021, when he had a great year, uh-huh. uh, Kenneth Walker was there. The offense was humming. 2022 was not great. Like I said, the off the 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 passing game was not efficient. It was very uneven. So his sure. production took a dip. But guys, I always like I always tell everybody, man, production doesn't travel to the league. It Trades doesn't. Too. Yeah, you're right, 100 yeah. percent right. And I'm glad you brought up the traits too, because like the Chargers are weird about certain things, right? Like almost every receiver they have are over six foot, right? Yeah. They like those tall, long corners, and you can tell that they have like some certain thresholds that maybe some yeah, guys like prototype, you know? Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But then like. You know, the quarterback play is such a good point, too, because it's like you go watch Zay Flowers, right? Like, you wonder what that dude could have done with a, a good right? quarterback, you know? Even couple, when we were watching Josh Palmer a couple years ago, right? It's like, yeah, eh, not the hard to tell how good this dude is because it's like you don't really trust really the person throwing play. them the ball, yeah. and that can mm-hmm. really, you know, tank their draft stock. But best Absolutely. in the business, Damian Parson, thank you so much for coming on, man. Very excited for all the prospects you have lined up to interview and everything you have going on. Part of the best draft show out there locked on nfl draft which you can find monday through friday wherever you get your podcast from make sure you are always subscribing and following wherever you get it from keith sanchez shout out to him as well since he's not here today maybe we'll try to have him on another day but hey man dp thank you so much man for coming on really really appreciate your insight you got me definitely stoked about the draft yes sir no problem well, that was awesome. I told him after he left, he was like a, a jukebox of draft knowledge. You just ask a question, he spits out five dudes he loves and a lot of guys that would fit really, really well with the Chargers. That's also how I was impressed with just how well he knew kind of what the Chargers needed to target. Luke Musgrave in the first round, that's an interesting one. Me and you will have to watch that dude and figure that out. I know he's an athlete and the Chargers can use some more of those. But that is going to do it for today's show. Thank you guys, as always, for checking out the show today. We really appreciate it. To make sure you don't miss giant interviews like this, Make sure that you guys subscribe or follow for free on YouTube and listen to the show wherever you get your podcast from. You can find us everywhere, but you can also find the show on all of our social media. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Talk Sports, David Drogmeyer on Twitter at DrotalkSD, and the show's page at LockedOnLAC. And that one's important because tomorrow is Fan Mail Friday. We're turning the show over to you guys, so make sure you, you follow us on Twitter or subscribe on YouTube. You can ask us in the YouTube comments. You can leave a Apple Podcast review and ask your question there. Or you can hit us up on Locked on LAC on Twitter or just David Drogemeyer's DMs at DrotalkSD. Either way, you can also find the show on our Instagram at Locked on Chargers and on our Locked on Chargers Facebook page. If you want a voicemail on tomorrow's show and you want to leave a 30-second question through a voicemail like the old sports callers used to do, you can do that at 323-524-7924 on the Locked on Chargers hotline and get your questions in there. But we will be back with you guys as always tomorrow. Thank you guys for making us your first listen. If you need a second listen, make sure you guys are checking out the Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes from free agency to draft to salary cap management and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise. And you can find that everywhere on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast. But that's going to do it for us today. Make sure you're back here tomorrow for Fan Mail Friday. Until then, guys, take it easy and go Bolts.